Welcome to another episode of Lunch Break with the Village. We are thrilled that you are able to join us today um, to share in this conversation we are about to embark upon. Um, as always, we ask for you to share uh, where you are tuning in from, so whatever organization, whatever town, uh, we'd love to know where you're uh, watching from today. So on our show today, we are very blessed and privileged um, to have Dr. Mesa Akbar with us today. Our topic for this episode is allyship and anti-racism. Um, Dr. Akbar is an author of Urban Trauma and her new book that just dropped yesterday, uh, Beyond Allyship. Um, it is truly an honor to have her here. I would say I'm a fangirl. <laughs> I met her last year, about a year ago, um, at an urban trauma training and just thought she was amazing and spectacular, had really great insight and just wanted to be able to have her come during a time like this where racial uh, injustice is something that is a part of all of our consciousness and be able to have her share her thoughts and her research with us um, on this topic today. Before I have her begin, just a few logistics um, reminders that we do take questions from the audience. Uh, the latter 10 minutes or so of the broadcast, we'll open it up for audience questions. So if you have a question you would like to ask uh, Dr. Akbar, please put that in the chat and we'll make sure we try to get to as many questions as possible. So with that, welcome Dr. Akbar. It is truly a pleasure uh, to have you with us today. Thank you so much. Yes, thank you Yvette. It's always a pleasure to see you. You know, I, I think you're dope. I share your stuff all the time. Um, so it's nice to have some sister girls, some Caribbean women. <laughs> Amen. Um, yeah. All right. On here talking about, I think, a very important topic. Um, and yes, my book just dropped yesterday. And, you know, I've had about two hours of sleep, but it's exciting. <laughs> um, so I'd love to, you know, just get started. Let's delve right in. Okay. So um, just give us a little bit of a context about the book that you've written, sort of why did you write it? What is the purpose of it? Um, and then we'll jump into some specifics about what you cover in that in the book. Yeah, I mean, for me, the most important part in writing a book about allyship had to do with the thought that um, we are in a position in our country right now where people are, especially white allies, are a bit, I would say, disoriented sometimes, um, floundering at times confused about which way and which direction to go, trying to make choices about, you know, and good informed choices about how to ally correctly. And there are a number of resources that exist. And what I saw when I was doing the work was that there wasn't a clear sort of how to guide to support the stages, the steps and the development of allyship. And I wanted to make sure that, you know, as always, when there's an opportunity to use my research and my writing and my focus in this area, that I can um, fill in that seam by offering a piece of, you know, written work that will evoke uh, thought and will evoke um, the those that are willing, and that's a very important statement, mm -hmm. right? Willing and committed 
to enter into this journey because it is a journey. It is a process. It's not always going to be easy. Uh, but with that commitment, I think that you can see piece by piece, not just you changing as a person um, and being more committed to racial justice, but that it can also be infectious. You can change people around you. You can change your community, your family. Um, and that, you know, it, it, it really demonstrates a commitment to uh, equity in, in all the spaces that white allies occupy. So talk to us a little bit about why Beyond Ally um, is so important during this time of our, our history. Well, you know, Beyond Ally and, and the book is specifically called, you know, we, we place the word beyond before ally and not just ally alone is, be, is because we want for people to identify where they are in their allyship process. One of the mm -hmm. cornerstones of the book is that it provides a uh, ally identity model. And through that model, you can um, begin to identify where you are in that process. There are five developmental stages, beginning with supporter and ending with equity broker. And once you're able to read the different categories or the different stages, then you can make a decision about whether you feel comfortable to stay in the position that you're in or to do what the book does, which is challenge you to move further in the allyship process. And um, so the importance of creating a structure like that in the book was to help people um, in their identification process, because a lot of people will say, well, I'm an ally, but they don't really know what that means. Mm -hmm. um, and they don't know the spectrum because it is a continuum of where that lies. It's not categorical. It's not a one time, one size fits all kind of thing. Right. And mm -hmm. then, so, and then after you are able to identify that perhaps I have, you know, characteristics of an advocate and I'm ready to move to be an accomplice, which is the next stage or co it's a accomplice slash co-conspirator what would it take for me to get there? And that's what I love about this book, right? Is that it sort of takes out the guessing game um, and it allows you to say, this is what I need to, each stage has a call to action, meaning that it's not a stagnant, this is just a book that we read during a book club and now we've read it and we've learned some and we've had open discussion, but what's next? This book is the what's next because each of those categories have a call to action. And it's like, okay, these are the seven steps that you can engage in or the 10 steps or the three steps that you can engage in. And engaging in those steps allows you then to be a stronger um, you know, ally or advocate or supporter or equity broker. So it's interesting that you say that because the five stages are very profound, right? And you call the book um, Beyond Ally, but allyship, I think, is like either the third stage in the process. Why not uh, look at equity or brokership uh, in regards to the fact that, as you're saying, you're moving from one state to the other with the um, last one being the ideal state that you would want an ally to be in? Yeah, I mean, that it's so funny that you picked up on that because it's a logistical, it was, I mean, we spent, my team and I, who were working on what to call the book, and, you know, to be honest with you, the name of the book was, like, one of the last things we came up with, which is, like, like with Urban Trauma, I already knew before I even wrote Urban Trauma that that's what it was going to be called. I knew mm -hmm. it. 
right? And then it was such a flip side of this, right? Like this just shows you the dynamic of piece of the writing process. Like the manuscript is written. And I'm like, what am I going to call the baby? Right? <laughs> like I need a name for the baby. <laughs> and then, um, you know, we were, I was like working with a colleague of mine, uh, Mercy Quay, and we were going back and forth and it was a weekend. And I was like, well, we can't call it ally because ally is one of the, like, it's one of the pieces in the ident identification model. But the problem is, is that we haven't created really good like words for what this looks like right doesn't that show you how far yeah. behind we are in this process because we mm -hmm. have we haven't created nomenclatures we haven't created uh frameworks and so we we sort of ended up with having no other choice but to use one of the stages as the name of the book but saying well we don't want you to get stuck on the second stage and that's all good and that's great that that's what we use to say that you're ready to work in concert with communities of color but we want to push you beyond that right and we didn't call it equity broker because we thought nobody knows what that is yet because it's a concept that i developed and i'm like so let people get familiar with it and then we can kind of use it as more common language um, it's so interesting that you say that because when i looked at the different levels i was like i use the word ally a lot because it's what we know it's what we've been using historically. Um, but when I looked at the categories and how you define them, I was like, wow, there's people that I know that are not allies only. They've moved so far beyond, you know, that lever. And they definitely are right at equity brokers and they're really pushing the system and trying to dismantle, right? And I was like, so us titling them as allies alone doesn't do justice for the work that they really are doing in the movement. Exactly, uh, so could you just exactly. say the book title again for everyone listening so folks who will have the exact title of the book um, to yes, jot down? Yes, definitely. It's called Beyond Ally, The Pursuit of Racial Justice. And that was the other thing. There was a lot of intentionality around the subtitle um, because we wanted to make sure that you were allying specifically for communities of color and that you were allying specifically because you have a fundamental belief in racial justice. You believe that we should have racial equity. You believe that we all deserve to be equal, you know, um, and that there should be justice for all. And if you don't have that belief system, it's gonna be a really tough read, you know, because that fundamentally, um, you have to spiritually connect with, the, with, that, with that fundamental value. Um, so that's why I wanted to make sure that we captured that in the subtitle so that folks knew what they were getting into when they entered into the journey of reading the book and being one with the book and then challenging themselves to move beyond being just an ally. Okay, excellent. So let's talk a little bit about that. So we're gonna use the word ally throughout this conversation a little bit because it's what's known to folks, right? Um, and it'll, it'll put things in a context. So let's say I'm an ally and um, if I'm confronted about truth about, let's say, you know, white society, white community, et cetera, um, and how much harm that my community has done to communities of color, how does someone who is sitting in this role who wants to have an impact and change, but are being challenged on their position, knowing that they come from a system, quote unquote, or a community that has been a part of oppression, how do you help someone navigate through that and not lose the interest and investment in doing the work? 
Well, it, the, so the first part of the book, we jump sort of to the, the second part um, of the, the meteor side of the book, but the first part of the book deals with that. Because when you are engaging in the initial stages of learning about, you know, white privilege and about learning uh, about the historical um, components of uh, white superiority in this country, um, it can feel very shocking and it can feel very difficult to um, to manage that information if it's your first encounter. And just in terms of a normal human reaction, and you know this, Yvette, as a therapist, one of the things that happen is that we have sort of one of two ways to respond to that. We either, because our, uh, you know, in terms of like our ego strength, we are either going to reject it or be in denial about that and say, well, that had nothing to do with me. We, we, can't, we can't, you know, become congruent with the thought that somehow me as a person contributed to those atrocities, right? So you mm -hmm. deny it and you, you separate from it and you say, well, that was in the past or that was, that happened during slavery, but that's not now. And that certainly hasn't been me or my family. I believe that all, you know, I have a black friend or I, I, you know, I adopted an Asian child. You'll see sort of like that speak happening. And so what I wanted to make sure was distinguished was that when you're in the original aspect of your learning, that denial can happen and or, and I say and because it can happen simultaneously, most times it happens, you know, separately, you go into white guilt mm. and like, oh my God, I can't believe that my lineage of people or that my, you know, people who I identify with or the racial category that I identify with has done this and continues to do this. And then what happened is that when you are in the, in the sphere, the sphere of white guilt, then you do a lot of different things, right? There's fragility that comes with that. There's white saviorism that comes with that. It's like a, it's like a cycle, right, of different um, areas um, of of subconscious um, reckoning that is happening. And 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 I, what I do in the beginning part of the book is like, hey, if you identify with any one of these things that you're doing right now as you're learning and becoming more aware be careful about this because this is sort of like a pitfall right this is a little bit of a landmine and that can blow up for you and then you are not allying the way that we need you to ally with communities of color does that make sense yes yeah. definitely so, does so and i think either, as go ahead so it's either denial sometimes rage sometimes you know um lack of of um being able to sort of reconcile with that thought and or on the other side of that, it's like the guilt, the fragility, the saviorism, et cetera. So I guess a good question to follow up with on that is then, so what does an ally do when they are dealing with and working through some of those um, pieces and those feelings and stumbling through trying to find their way um, to make it all sense? Like, what do you recommend that they do in those moments to not do harm? Yeah, I mean, I think the most important part is like when we feel wounded by something that's being said, um, because it's the first time that, you know, you may be getting feedback or you're hearing it and you're having a visceral reaction. And, and you know, it, it's, it's to acknowledge that there is a feeling that's associated with that that's happening. And once you acknowledge that, 
to understand that that is a normal reaction to the amount of information that you're receiving right now. And what I, um, what I'm hoping that will happen is that people don't then decide to shut down because mm -hmm. a lot of times the shutting down happens and then it's like, well, I'm just being silent. I'm not really going to be, you know, um, I'm not going to engage or you'll hear things like allies will say, well, I'm just listening. Right. But then that doesn't, that also doesn't feel authentic. Right. So mm -hmm. part of, um, you know, part of, part of what we want is not just to, for you to listen. Part of what we want is for you to engage in the process of becoming an equity broker. Right. And so mm -hmm. that, that is a very active role. It's not a passive role. Um, so that's what I would say. It's like, you know, understand and also understanding that you're going to fumble, you know, mm -hmm. it, it, this is not a, a perfect game. This is not, you know, like every single step of being an ally, I have to be perfect ally. This is a human trying to deal with a very complex, multi-layered concept that as society, we haven't been able to figure out. You're certainly not going to figure it out in three months time. Exactly. You know? I I mean, I, I'm glad you said that because it gives people permission to realize that this is a journey. Um, yes. You know, we didn't get here where we're dealing with these racism issues overnight. Um, and so fixing them won't happen overnight and understanding the role you play and what role you need to play moving forward is not going to happen overnight. And there's a level of forgiveness yes. um, that is in this process, right? That for those of us who fall into more oppressed categories, that we have to learn forgiveness on so many different levels. And then for those who are trying to ally uh, with our communities, that there is a sense of forgiveness for even self um, or your ancestry or wherever you have to, you know, figure that out. But it shouldn't cripple anyone in wanting to continue to do the work. So with and that said, if I could say one more thing about that, Yvette, it's also to have discernment, right? Because sometimes you can go and turn to a black colleague or a colleague of color when you're fumbling and ask these questions. And there are times where you have colleagues who are completely fatigued mm -hmm. and just don't have the energy to guide you through the learning, right? And so it's going to be important to use discernment. And it's not hard. Like people ask me all the time, well, how do I know? Well, you know, for example, you've got to know that I'm a resource to you because I talk about this all the time, right? This is yeah. how I get energized. People have got to know that you're going to be a resource because you talk about it all the time. <laughs> you know, like what, and, and what I've been trying to do on LinkedIn is like lift my brothers and sisters in this work because I'm like, these are the people you need to go to. This is how they are engaging in their advocacy around mm -hmm. this work, right? But if you have a colleague that is not engaged in a meeting about talking about the racial unrest and they're like being quiet and subtle, have enough discernment to know that they probably don't want to talk about this with you. You know, they're mm -hmm. dealing with their own pain. They're trying to figure out how they're going to deal with this baggage that they have to carry. Um, and so that, 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 that discernment is really, really important. Um, no, that's so a powerful piece. Yeah. That's a very powerful piece. And I think that it goes to this next piece, right? Um, so this whole process has been very, you know, powerful, emotional, intense. And, you know, working with allies and trying to figure out how to move this, you know, work forward and knowing that allyship and is critically important and a part of this journey, right? In all these major movements of people being oppressed has always been allies associated equity brokers wherever they fell on the spectrum that helped to move to a place of justice right but then mm -hmm. there are those feelings that will happen and i think i've seen it happen so far in this current movement 
where allies feel rejected by people of color, where you have people of color who are saying, I don't really know, like, are you really in this for the long haul? Are you really invested um, in making a change or a different because you look like the individuals that are doing the oppressing? How do I trust you? How do I, you know, trust that you are truly and genuinely here to support me? So how do you help allies or what recommendation would you make to allies to say, when you're confronted with that, how do you sit with that, but not let that derail the work and the effort that you're trying to put in? Yeah, I mean, I think that we have to acknowledge that mistrust is a major component to the breakdown of the relationships that happen between, you know, um, white America and, and, and people of color. And, you know, this comes all the way from the societal divisiveness Think about the messages that people of color are receiving every single day about the value of their lives and what mm -hmm. and, and whether this country, you know, cares about not just their lives, but who they are, their families, their communities, right? So the mistrust is, is part of the equation. You have to go, you have to understand that the minute that you commit to the allyship process, that is one of the areas that you're going to be contending with, right? Mm -hmm. And that there is no way that we are able to know whether you are true in your allyship or not. Because, you know, the other thing is that many people use these, these times as an opportunity because it's trending right now to say like, I'm an ally, I've always been an ally, or here's my statement. You know, and I'm making a statement about Black Lives Matter, but then everything that you do doesn't really, is not congruent with what you said, right? And so that's all that is being watched, right? Mm -hmm. and, and if we're going to talk about allyship as a journey, part of what builds trust is making sure that you deliver every single time that you said you were going to deliver. If you're making a choice, and this is a choice, right? Allyship mm -hmm. is a choice. Allyship is also an identity. So if you are choosing to identify with being an ally, then this is not a do this today, give up tomorrow because the going gets tough, right? Mm -hmm. This is, I'm going to stick this through because I believe in this and I'm going to show you with my actions, mm -hmm. not just my words, that I am an ally and beyond. And so that's the important part. You, you know, this is not a time to get weary, right? People of color are tired. <laughs> It's your turn. It's your turn to, to be, you know, and to, and to fight mm -hmm. this battle and to help us believe that you're truly going to be what you say you want to be and that you're going to do what you say you're going to do. Um, and if you fumble, then you have to come clean with that, right? Like, I thought I had the bandwidth. I thought I had the capacity. And that's why, the, to me, the allyship identity model is so important because one of the things that I that I caution in the book is to say, if you identify with all the characteristics of, let's say, a supporter, which is the beginning stage, please don't show up as an equity broker. Please don't do that. Show up the way that, that you're- that Where you are. If this is your lane, I will accept you in your lane, but, but be honest with where you are. Because if you try to show up being an equity broker, but your, your bandwidth is only that of a supporter, then, then there, there is a duplicity to, to, to that. And, and that duplicity breeds additional mistrust. Yes. And I think that's a very key point is your actions will speak louder than your words, Absolutely. right? Uh, because anyone can say anything, but it's your actions. And this applies to all aspects of our lives, not just in this area. If you show up and show out and you are authentic and you are, you know, 
transparent about where you are on your journey, people will embrace you. People will accept you and accept where what you have to offer in that moment. I think more people need to ground themselves in. You don't have to do more than you're capable of doing. You don't have to be more than you are ready to be. People will embrace you and work with you on your journey um, because the support is so desperately needed, right? Um, so I think that was a really powerful statement. We're getting close to the end. I can't believe we're about to run out of time soon, but I want to do a last call to our audience members. If you have a burning question in your soul, um, did you want to ask Dr. Akbar, this is your time to do so before we end up wrapping up our program. So one of the questions that I have for you until we see if we get any audience questions is, what are some of the concrete steps? Because we want people to walk away from this broadcast understanding what is the steps that they can take, um, who, a person who's wishing to be an ally with communities of color, um, that they can take to actually demonstrate and use, do that more than your words with your action piece that we were just talking about. So the question is, what are the steps that they can take? So concrete steps a person can take who wants to be an ally. Okay. And this is assuming that they've never been allies before. They've never, yeah. they're just, well, I think that the first thing is educating yourself. You, cause you, you know, I, I tell people this all the time, right? Like, um, if I'm going to come and, um, let's say do some work with you, Yvette, right. And I am saying to you, Hey, I'm an urban trauma expert. Um, and you want me to do some work in your community. What is the first thing that I'm going to do? I'm going to learn all about the community that you live in. I'm going to learn about what are the statistics in terms of how much racial trauma exists. I'm going to learn about the demographic composition. I'm going to learn about, you know, um, how, uh, crime ha has been affecting poverty, you know, your community. Um, so you have to become an expert in, in your learning process about the allyship process if that's, a, if that's a choice that you're making. And that's the first thing, right? You also have to acknowledge and understand historical patterns because if you don't understand historical patterns, you're gonna repeat them. That's just the way that it works, right? Mm -hmm. and, and then the other piece of that is then saying, what, what is within my capacity to be able to do? You can't be all things to all communities. So where, where, is, where is your passion lie in terms of your allyship? How far are you willing to go in terms of your allyship? And what is the best role for you? And I think that that's really important in terms of what's the best role because what communities of color are not asking for is for people to come and take over mm. or dictate to the community what they need to get better or what they have to do to get out of the situation that they're in. That's not allyship. That's not allyship at all. In fact, that's something else, right? Mm -hmm. What is necessary is to make sure that uh, voices of color are lifted. That's allyship. To build bridges between those that feel marginalized and those that are disenfranchised and don't have access. When you build a bridge to access, that's beyond allyship, right? Mm -hmm. That's not your equity brokering at that, at that level, right? And so you have to think about what you're prepared to do. I spoke to a white ally, and I would consider them probably between a supporter and an ally a few weeks ago. And they said, are you asking me to give up my privilege, <laughs> right? And I thought that was authentic. You know, I'm like, yeah. let's, let's have the conversation, right? And mm -hmm. I was like, well, I'm not asking you to do anything. But if that's what you feel you need to do to be stronger and how you're going to commit to this relationship, then yes, that is part of what, what would be required, you know, at minimum to check your privilege. Right. And mm. so, it, but it was a real, you know, response like, damn, 
what does this mean for me, right? <laughs> so. It's a real response because the reality is everyone wants privilege. Everyone benefits. For whatever categories you fall in where you have privilege, no one is going to instinctively say, let me give that up real quick because it, there's comforts in that. And so it is okay to struggle with that and yeah. find ways in which you allow others to have that same privilege yeah. and to be able to experience the same benefits that come with that privilege. And it's a loss. If that's what you decide to do, and then you're going to have to, you know, that's a grieving. Um, You'll grieve the loss of having to think about that. You gave up something that, that positioned you to be in a place of privilege to begin with, whether that was given, whether you were the benefactor of that through generational wealth or however else, you know, or because, you know, just because of the way that society is structured either way. No, brilliant. So as we're coming close to the end, I want to be able to get a few things in. One, I'm sure folks are, um, and they have been in the chat asking, where do they get the book? How do they get the book? Um, I know right now that uh, Key Bookstore in Hartford, which is a Black-owned business, is carrying your book. Obviously, Amazon is always like a big carrier, but where else can folks access this book? Because I'm sure there's people right now chomping at the bits and just want to be able to read this, figure out where they are on the continuum, figure out how far on the continuum they want to go and what it's going to take for them to get there. So uh, share with the audience a little bit about access to the book. Absolutely. So Amazon has it, you know, they're, they're shortening their delivery time. Some people are getting it as soon as tomorrow. Um, so that's good. I am definitely supporting and promoting. And yesterday I did a talk um, for a black owned bookstore um, that if you, you know, if you can duly support the bookstore and me, you know, as an ally, that, I mean, you're, you're like, like, that's a double win there. Mm -hmm. um, so getting it for from POC owned um, uh, bookstores is another way. You can always go to Barnes and Nobles and it, it will be um, as of today in every single book outlet platform um, where you, you know, where you can get the book. So, um, mm -hmm. but I am directing people initially to Amazon or black owned um, POC owned um, bookstores. Okay, so before I ask you for your closing comments, because we're pretty much at time, just want to remind folks that we do have a landing page on the Village's website um, for Lunch Break with the Village. Um, we do have a, a shareable download that you can click on and get more information about uh, Dr. Akbar, her books, her write-ins, etc., as well as other resources related to allyships. So check out that uh, resource on our website. Um, you know that you can always connect with us through Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, uh, the village is here for you to support you to help you on your journey whatever that journey is whether it's becoming um, a, an ally or equity broker because that's the ideal or whether it's just you know your journey for mental health and wellness um, and you need support on that journey know that we're here for you uh, through all those means our next show is going to be in August and we're going to be focusing on you know the process of navigating back to school because that's now a part of our consciousness um, and what that's going to look like How's that going to feel for folks? So definitely tune in in August. We'll be, you know, doing marketing promotion for that shortly. Um, so definitely join us back in August. So Dr. Akbar, please close us out with a few comments or statements that you really want this audience to walk away with. Yeah, I, I, I would like to make sure that every time um, we're together in these types of situations, that every audience member challenges themselves to push beyond where they are today. 
what's the one little thing that I can do today to contribute to changing the way that we are relating to one another. And whether you buy the book or not, whether my resource or any other resource in this process um, will be beneficial to you, what I ask you is to engage in the process. Do not disengage, be present, be willing to stumble, be willing to learn and commit to this process because we need you. We need you just as much as anybody else does in order to dismantle you know, systems of racism. So I appreciate this time with you, Yvette. Thank you for having me as your guest. Um, and, you know, I look forward to us continuing to work together. And thank you to the village for um, always being kind to me and good to me um, and, and seeing me as, a, as an ally. <laughs> Definitely. I'm sure we'll be reaching out to figure out because I know you do a lot of trainings and looking, you know, we'll make sure we keep connected to see what you can offer, whether or not we can host a training or do a virtual thing for village staff on this topic and really go a little bit deeper in the concepts or even your urban trauma work. So we'll definitely be in touch. I appreciate you. I value you. Your book is so timely. Um, it's truly a blessing that it's coming out when it is because I think there's so many questions around this idea of allyship and how it works and how do we support individuals who want to do this work. So thank you so much today. Um, at the Village this morning, we had a virtual community meeting on um, call to action and what can we do to really deal with the racial justice issues we have in our society. And one of the takeaway points is that any action, no matter how small it is or how grand it is, is still action that helps to move the needle and to get us to a society that is better than the one that we're in now. And I just want for those who are struggling with the concept of allyship, want to figure out how to help just take the step because at the end of the day the journey will be worth it the impact your um, alliance will have on this movement will be tremendous um, and as you know dr akbar say we need you we need you to be a part of this fight to help us dismantle these racist systems that we're currently trapped within so with that thank you so much to everyone who joined us today um, we appreciate you we value you um, and until next time uh, thank you for being with us and be well and be safe goodbye